This is the NFL Draft Triple Take with Mike Prezuta, Dale Lawley, and Matt Williamson from Steelers Nation Radio and Steelers.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of NFL Draft Triple Take here on Steelers.com. I'm Mike Pursuta from the Steelers Radio Network, joined, uh, as always, by Matt Williamson, uh, who is co-host along with Dale Lolly of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. And uh, Matt does a lot of work on uh, the Steelers Radio Network and other various outlets. And it's our pleasure today to welcome uh, former NFL quarterback and Pittsburgh guy that he is, Bruce Gradkowski to the program. We're talking about uh, tight ends today, so we figured we'd uh, get a little expert analysis, not just from Matt Williamson, the scout, but from Bruce Gradkowski, the quarterback. Bruce, welcome to the show. Nice having you aboard. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Matt, I don't know how you do it, man. It's tough to put these guys in in an order and in a list. Yeah, I haven't done it for a while, and it's definitely difficult to do it without being affiliated with the team. You know, when, when you're looking at it just through the Steelers lens or when I was with the Browns, it's a heck of a lot easier than doing it simply generic, not knowing what scheme they might be, you know, scouting for. No, absolutely. Well, making- that, that, that's ahead, where Bruce. I get caught up. I was going to say, yeah. Mike, that's where I get caught up is you're not associated with the team, so you're unsure of the team's needs and, and who's drafting and where. So, you know, a lot of that comes into play of what these teams are looking for in that, that certain position. Well, as, as is always the case, uh, we, we try to make it easy on Matt. We're not projecting guys to certain teams or trying to fill needs. We're just giving our list what, what players we like and why. But, Bruce, before we get started, I, I am very appreciative that you're on the show with us. And uh, like everybody else, so we're all working from home uh, to get through these times. But uh, you spent some time with the Steelers in your career, did you not? Yeah, yeah. I finished, I finished with Pittsburgh my last four years. So uh, it was a blessing to finish back home, you know, where I grew up and the team I rooted for, you know, as a kid. Uh, to finish my career at Heinz Field, backing up Big Ben was pretty special. And, you know, dealt with some injuries at the time. And, you know, Father Time just caught up to me in the right shoulder. Um, but, man, it, it was a blessing to, to think to play 11 years in the NFL – uh, being born and raised in Pittsburgh, and, you know, it, it was truly a blessing, but it was fun and uh, some great times. Do you not have any pictures of yourself in a Steelers uniform? Because that looks like <laughs> the black and silver over your left shoulder there. You, you know, well, I tried to get the Steelers helmet in here. Uh, <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Equal but, time. Let's get, uh, let's get cracking. Let's start uh, with the tight ends. We'll count them down five to one and uh Bruce you're the new guy why don't you lead us off with your number five tight end yeah and this is tough we talked about putting these guys in an order and a lot of guys uh outside my top five for tight ends you know like Jared Pigney from Vanderbilt uh uh, O'Grady from Arkansas he had some off-field issues but those two guys would probably might be two of my top two but now they're outside the top five for me for various reasons. Reasons Pickney being outside because how slow he ran um, at the combine and, and looked slow at the senior bowl. And nowadays, speed is a factor at that position and offensively and in, 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 in general. Um, DeGuerra from Cincinnati, I love him outside the top five because of the football player he is and what he can bring. But when I listed it down from the top five and in, 
I started with Steven Sullivan from LSU. I think the dude's physical traits are mind-blowing, uh, and that's something you can't coach. He's very young in his development at tight end. Uh, he did a good job outside blocking for receiver screens and things of that sort. But he's very intriguing to me because he's a guy that could develop and be a very good NFL tight end given the right opportunity. So, Stephen, you know, Sullivan from LSU is, is a guy that's my number five because of the potential that he brings. Matt, you went with one of the uh, Bryant brothers, uh, if you will, Hunter Bryant from Washington. Yeah, I, I want to take a quick step back, though. I like the Sullivan call a lot because a lot of people are, are focusing on Randy Moss's kid at LSU. Sullivan's the much better athlete, bigger hands, longer wingspan, you know, more athletic, better in space. You wouldn't think that from Moss's kid, who's really just a blocker. But I, I like that call from Bruce quite a bit. Um, Hunter Bryant's a guy – First of all, this tight end class isn't very good. I mean, it's not very top-heavy. I think a lot of these guys are developmental. They're third-round, fourth-round types. And Bryant is a specific type. He's sort of the Evan Engram mold. And I know people wanted him to run better at the combine. He ran a 4.74, But he looks faster than that on tape. And they use him detached quite a bit. Um, more of a big receiver type. But productive and just not for everybody. Yeah, I'm one of those people that uh, jumped on the uh, Thaddeus Moss bandwagon, and it's because he does block. Uh, I think the way the position is developing in college, uh, more and more it's harder to find those inline guys. You know, they're all basically uh, bigger receivers now, and it's, it's trending that way in the NFL. But Thaddeus Moss is 6'2", 250 pounds, and uh, I thought he was a pretty good blocker. So did the NFL.com analyst Lance Zierlein. He said, quote, He'll get after it as a run blocker using above-average technique and an impressive ability to sustain against bigger opponents. Uh, I'm not talking first round by any stretch, but uh, late in the draft, if I need one, uh, I kind of like that. He's supposed to. Oh, by the way, his dad's Randy Moss. <laughs> I think that might help. Uh, I think there's something, too. Your dad played in the league. I think uh, we've seen that recently in the draft. I think we're going to see it again. There's a bunch of those guys. This year, and Bruce, your guy at number four, Bryson Hopkins of Purdue, falls into that category. He's got a dad that can kind of show him the way, doesn't he? Yeah, and that certainly doesn't doesn't hurt uh, your stock. I'm trying to get my two boys four and two on that path, but we'll see, we'll see where that ends up. <laughs> my wife keeps telling me, come on, they're still a little young. Let them uh, actually no. enjoy life. Never too uh, early. Never too early. <laughs> Uncle was in the league, too. They're ready. Yeah, for sure. So Bryson Hopkins, man, to me, he's a guy that he's a glider. Beautiful running downfield. He looks the part. Um, I think he could be, you know, he's that type of guy that um, you get excited watching on film and, and that can attack the seams and be a threat in the passing game. My concern with him, though, is, is his hands and, and how consistent can he be? Because I've seen, you know, multiple drop passes from him that kind of raises a concern. Now, sometimes, you know, it's, it's just a lack of focus, not necessarily bad hands. Um, you know, the combine, he looked pretty good. And so you have to take that into consideration. But I think Bryson Hopkins at number four for me, uh, he's a smooth glider. He can, you know, stretch the field. And that's what I like. And I'm counting on he will be more consistent than not if we could get him to uh, focus in uh, and really focus to the catch. 
Plus, if it ends up that he can't catch, he can always morph into a tackle, right? He's a big dude. He definitely – you never know. Hey, the more you can do, like Mike Tomlin has always said, the more you can do, you bring more value. Yeah, it worked for Brad Hopkins pretty well. Uh, Matt, you're going in a different direction at number four. Yeah, Devin Asiasi. And he, he seems like he's a little under the radar because he's only a one-year starter at UCLA, transferred from Michigan, and he was stuck behind an NFL player last year. He's a little on the short side. He's 6'3 even, but really long arms for a 6'3 guy. I like the way he moves a lot. I think he's a separator. I think for a guy that's only a one-year starter – He's a very good route runner, explodes out of his breaks for a tight end, gets good separation, and I look at him as an ascending player that might have a better NFL career than college. My number four, I see your Devin Asi-Asi and raise you Albert Okuyabunya. Did I get that right? Albert O works. Albert O, Okuyabuna uh, <laughs> from Missouri. 6'5", 258. Uh, this guy ran a 4.49 in Indianapolis. Uh, there was a guy uh, a long time ago uh, by the name of Chuck Knoll who said, find me athletes and I'll teach them how to play football. Uh, this guy's 6'5", 258. He runs a 4'49", and he will block. Again, I'm not talking uh, top of the draft guy necessarily, but uh, I, I want two-way tight ends, uh, Heath Miller types. So you're not going to find Heath Miller very often, but I want a guy who can help me offensively catching and help me in the running game. And uh, I think this guy can do more uh, in terms of being on the business end of passes, but a uh, pretty good blocker right now. So we'll go there. And again, what is uh, not the most overwhelming of tight end classes, uh, Matt, uh, your number three, uh, Harrison Bryant of Florida Atlantic, an interesting guy. Really interesting guy because he came to Florida Atlantic as a tackle and Bruce and I were talking before we went live here. I mean, I did th th like basically four years of recruiting and it's always the other way. You go looking for athletic tight ends and feed them steaks and put them in the weight room and turn them into tackles. Well, this guy is a tackle turn tight end, but he isn't a great blocker. You know, I mean, he, the efforts there, you, he would not have been a very good tackle to say the least, but highly productive. Um, I think he's a good player, more receiver than blocker, though, which is a little shocking. And level competition isn't wonderful. But, uh, again, this isn't a great class. I don't feel super strong that he's the third best of this group, to be very honest. I mean, some of the other position groups, I'm going to stand on the table for guys a little bit more. Yeah, I went no, with him. Oh, go ahead, Bruce. I was going to say, that that's a good pick. I was watching uh... – Harrison Bryan a little bit and for us at, at PFF I did some of the grading this past year and I continued to, to for them and he was our top receiving graded tight end you know okay. so um you know he you know at number two at, at 92.7 but you know I see it man he, he's a good player uh but can he block is the question but I, I like him at that tight end pos position I do yeah I've got him at number three and uh, he's not a blocker but he is uh, a catcher of the football, and uh, not that you put uh, a great deal of stock in uh, the Mackey Award, but he did win that, and the guys who have won that of late, uh, T.J. Hawkinson is just getting started in his NFL career, but uh, Mark Andrews has worked out pretty well. Hunter Henry has worked out pretty well. Tyler Eifert worked out pretty well when he was healthy. If you win that Mackey Award, you got a shot. Uh, Bruce, uh, your uh, number three guy, uh, Adam Troutman uh, of Dayton, is an interesting guy as well. Yeah, so I, I went with Adam Troutman here at number three. 
Uh, like we talked about, too, there's, you know, so many of these guys, and we're not talking about a first, second rounder. I think they're all kind of later, a little bit mid-round type guys. But Adam Trellman, to me, seems like he could do it all. And that's where you could plug and play, and he could be a three-down type of tight end for you. My only concern is the competition he's playing against at Dayton. And you see that at times is, is he going to be used to kind of the physicality and the speed uh, when he gets to the next level? But I think he's done a good job thus far. I would have liked to have seen him run a little better at, at the uh, combine. But I think Adam Troutman, to me, he, he has that it factor. He has that willingness to block. And I think he comes off aggressive. Like, I, you know, I, I just like a – like the type of tight end he could become. Yeah, Bruce, I'm with you. He was my number one. And, again, the top two to me were kind of interchangeable. But yeah. I thought he got better every year at Dayton. I thought the senior bowl was big for him. He looked like he belonged. I like the way he moves. I do think he's a high upside guy. And you mentioned it. He's a physical player. He kind of relishes in putting his guy on, the, on his back, running people over. And it's easier, obviously, at Dayton than – Notre Dame or USC or something like that. But, I mean, to me, he can only play against the guys that he lines up against. So, I liked him. And, and kind of like Bryant, he came to Dayton as a quarterback. First time he ever caught a pass in his life was a couple of years ago. And I, and I like that, too. I like yeah. when I have a receiver or tight end that has played the quarterback position because they have a little more understanding. Quarterbacks are smart. In the game. And you could, Bruce, stay with that for a second. You could kind of tell that early, right? The guy either gets it or he doesn't in terms of intuition, instinct, things of that nature. You can teach him to run straight for eight yards and go left for five yards. and Anybody will get it eventually. But uh, doing that off-schedule stuff and just kind of having a feel, that's pretty apparent early on, is it not? Well, and look how it worked out for the Steelers and Heath Miller for years, right? I mean, Heath Miller – went to Virginia as a quarterback, and they switched him. So I really do think highly of guys that have played the quarterback position that have a feel for the game because you can't teach instincts. It comes more natural. And when you get a, a player that has played quarterback and now switches to receiver or tight end, man, I think that's that's pretty special. It's very unique. Yeah, I, I had Adam Troutman uh, number one on my list too. and uh, Maybe my favorite – snippet of the whole evaluation process watching the senior bowl practices and the senior bowl and the east west game and the combine daniel jeremiah of the nfl network was talking about troutman and he said i tried to give him the nickname colonel and it didn't stick because i guess there aren't as many rambo fans out there as i thought they were but, you know colonel troutman and john rambo what a winning combination that was this guy's got a hit right Oh, I'm a fan. I, I, he may do nothing his first year in the league, but two, three years from now, I think he's going to be a very solid starter with a pretty high upside to him. Matt, you've got uh, Komet from Notre Dame at number two. I've got Komet from Notre Dame at number two. Bruce, you got him at number one. So why don't you, why don't you lead the charge uh, talking about the, all his attributes? Yeah, and, you know, and well, I have number uh, – my number two is Hunter Bryant. So, you know, for me, Hunter Bryant came from a guy – um, that, you know, he's not the biggest guy, but we've seen Delaney Walker do it and not the biggest type size. But I felt like Hunter Bryant brings that aggressiveness to his play, especially after the catch. And now with the offensive football we are seeing, he could be a real threat in the passing game. And I think that's going to be more intriguing to teams 
that you could get a guy that's kind of like an H-back or you split him out and do different things. So I know, Matt, you had him, you know, uh, a little lower on your list there. Um, but I had Hunter Bryant in my number two. And I know he's a little undersized, but I just love, love the way he tacks the football and the way he, you know, runs after the catch. No, I, I hear you. I mean, he's a weapon in the passing game. Fits today's NFL really well. I got to admit, I mean, to me, Troutman and Komet were my top two. The other three that were on my list were kind of interchangeable. I didn't think there was a big line of distinction. Yeah. Bruce, what, I know you're highest on Komet. I'm curious what you think of him, Bruce. Yeah, so cool Komet to me, you know, it's his physical look, like his appearance on the field, and that he's still young in his career and his development at the tight end position. I love the fact now that he's going to give up baseball. He's going to focus on football. So how much better really can he be? I look at him as being, you know, like he's inconsistent run blocking wise, but can he get better and become like a three down tight end? He's a little stiff to me, but I just, I love his size and, and his range and, and that big body target. But to me, when, when I was trying to list these guys with Komet, Hunter Bryan and Adam Troutman, you know, it was tough. That's why I hate putting guys on a list and in an order because it's based on team needs. And, you know, I love Adam Troutman, but sometimes with that Dayton film, it's hard to watch and see. And uh, so that's kind of where my top three kind of varied in the sense of, you know, how are these guys going to pan out? And I could not get away from that 6'6", 262-pound frame from Cole Komet. And I think he could be something special as he continues to develop. Yeah, you touched on a lot of the same things I, I, I liked with Komet, too. The big frame probably will put on a little bit more weight, moves well for a big guy. He's the youngest of these tight ends we mentioned by a pretty substantial margin. And like you said, we've, a couple of these backstories are interested, interesting. I mean, like Kyler Murray, he totally split time between baseball and football. So if he's year-round, I kind of like what he might become. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I like the baseball aspect. That he was he was a pitcher at Notre Dame. I mean, they don't they don't just give anybody the ball. Right? <laughs> right. It's, it's significant, I think. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll wrap this up. Uh, going back to where we started with the bloodline steam, uh, you know, the the Bryson Hopkins and, and Thaddeus Moss and guys of that ilk. Uh, Cole Komet, his dad got drafted, never played in the league, but got drafted by Buffalo, and he's, one of his uncles his name, is a guy named Jeff Scanina. And if you go back with the Steelers, as far as I do, uh, he was the seventh-round pick of the Steelers in 1993, played 17 seasons in the NFL as a defensive lineman, and he just got hired as the assistant D-line coach of the Washington Redskins. So, again, a guy with uh, knowledge of the league at insider trading yeah. uh, can't hurt, can't hurt. Uh, got, got to help push a guy along. Uh, so there's uh, there's that to consider as well. Uh, I think we got that uh, tied up with a nice bow on it. So we'll uh, we'll move on from the tight ends. Uh, stick uh, with us here at Steelers.com. Uh, you can hear uh, myself, Bruce Gradkowski, and Matt Williamson talking quarterbacks real soon right here uh, at this uh, very same bat channel and very same bat station. Until then, for Bruce Gradkowski and Matt Williamson. I'm Mike Persuda. Thanks for joining us on yet another should-be-award-winning edition of NFL Draft Triple Take right here on Steelers.com.